never know, homie. Let me some hoes, homie. You need to pump your brakes and drive slow, homie. My homie Molly. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. If you do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube or please subscribe to wherever you're listening. It will definitely mean a lot to me. Let's start off with the biggest news that happened yesterday. J.J. Watt. Well, first, let's start off. So Houston, the Houston Texans released J.J. Watt maybe a couple weeks ago. And to start, we, we have to talk about who J.J. Watt is. And we, we've talked about this on several other occasions, several other podcasts or episodes. But we'll talk about it for the sake of this talk, topic. J.J. Watt. Before a lot of the injuries hit, he a lot of people thought that he would go down as one of the greatest defensive players that we've ever seen. Not saying he will be, he would have been the greatest, but a lot of people, you know, we you saw the numbers and the sack totals and a lot of things that we're seeing from Aaron Donald right now. We saw in drove, we saw in waves when it came, you know, we saw from J.J. Watt back before, of course, a lot of injuries hit, and. With J.J. Watt coming to or going to the Arizona Cardinals, this this let's let's first talk about this in a lot of let's let's talk about this in a lot of aspects. Let's first start with the Arizona Cardinals. This is huge for Arizona. First and foremost, when we talked about Arizona, it's a young team. Outside of Larry Fitzgerald and Patrick Patterson, it's a pretty young team. And when you look at the development of the Arizona Cardinals, Let's just talk about last year. Last year, what did we say their biggest problem was? Their biggest problem was they couldn't stop anybody. While Kyler Murray was having incredible games, he was having three, 400-yard passing games, their defense was none, was unable to get stops. A lot of it was due to injury. A lot of it was also due to the fact that they were young, and they just didn't have the players that could make stops. You add on J.J. Watt, and then, of course, you have a healthy Chandler Jones. You have a healthy J.J. Watt now. You have Isaiah Simmons, who I think last year Arizona really started to understand how to use him. You have Patrick Patterson, who – or Pat, yeah, who – oh, no, I'm sorry. Patrick Peterson, who more than likely will go down as a on-the-fringe Hall of Famer. And then you have Buda Baker. That right there, that is a scary unit. Like, that unit is – that unit is perfect to go along with an offense that's led by Kyler Murray, seeing as though you have a high-powered defense, and now you have a high-powered offense. And while, of course, J.J. Watt is not the J.J. Watt of old, not only can he bring, of course, his physicality in, I mean, J.J. Watt isn't a bum, but he brings his leadership to a team and a defensive front that can definitely use, a, of course, I know you have Chandler Jones, but when we talk about leadership, we talk about skills at their peak. Chandler Jones wasn't J.J. Watt. And I think, you know, he'll be able to talk to young players like Isaiah Simmons. And while even though they do play different positions, he'll be able to get into an ear of a Buda Baker. And this is just huge for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, this is another L for Houston. And we'll talk about that in a, in a, in a second. But this is just another win for Arizona. And. This also shows don't really you can't really listen to what we hear in the media. You can't really listen to because because think about it before J.J. signed with the Arizona Cardinals. 
all we were hearing was JJ his top two teams are the Cleveland Browns and the the Buffalo Bills. We heard he could go to Green Bay. We heard he could go to Kansas City. You know, and then we heard a lot of sprinkles about other teams like the the Seattle Seahawks or this that, and the third. We didn't hear anything about Arizona. The only thing we heard about Arizona is when DeAndre Hopkins, who formerly played for the Houston Texans, was and was traded. He tweeted, you know, let's finish what we started. That's all we heard. And, of course, nobody thought, I didn't think, you know, I thought J.J. Watt was going to be best at a place like Green Bay or at a place like Kansas City, especially, you know, Green Bay needed some defensive help. As we saw in the Super Bowl, Kansas City definitely needed some uh, help. But I do think that is a really good fit with him now that I see it in, in totality with him going to Arizona, seeing as though they need some veteran leadership. They need, you know, they had some holes in, in the defense that while he can't fill all the holes, he can definitely help, especially when he's healthy. And this, that's just another, I, I also understand is on a different side of the ball, but that's just another leader that Kyler Murray can lean on and Isaiah Simmons can lean on and Buda Baker can lean on. So it, it's just, to me, it's a really good fit. Do I think that there were better options? Of course I do. But I also don't think that – I think another reason why he went to Arizona because I don't think a Green Bay was going to pay him two years, $31 million. I don't think the Buffalo Bills was going to pay him two years, $31 million. Like I think not only is that a good, a good team for him, I think that might have been the only team that could ha- have given him the money that he was asking for. Because if you don't remember, I thought one, probably one of the best places he could thrive at was Pittsburgh, you know, alongside his brother. But that's another thing. I, I don't know if I want to play with my brother. If I had a brother, I don't think I want to play, especially if my brother at this point in our lives and at this point in our career, even though I'm the older brother, he's better than me. Like, T.J. Watt is better than J.J. Watt right now. I don't, And that's kind of like a shadow that I, I really wouldn't want to play in. But if we're putting that aside – Pittsburgh would be perfect for him. We don't know what's going to happen with Bud Dupree. It's it's a, it's an older defense and it's a physical defense, and we know how physical J.J. Watt can play. So, but that doesn't take away from the fact that hmm, it doesn't take away from the fact that Arizona was a good pick, is a good choice, and I think that Arizona. While no, I don't think that them adding J.J. Watt is like. Matthew Stafford getting added to uh, the Rams. I don't think it's that seismic of a of a difference, but I do think that it definitely makes Arizona better. And I think that he will play. He can play a major part in their success. I don't think that this is a championship level move, but I do think that this can propel them to at least a AFC. I mean, sorry, NFC playoffs or maybe even depending on how hot Kyler Murray gets, maybe even an NFC, I mean, yeah, NFC championship. So, yeah, man, I, I, this this is this is getting J.J. Watt and especially a, a motivated J.J. Watt and hopefully a healthy J.J. Watt is huge for Arizona. You know who I feel bad for, though? <laughs> Ah, I had to say it. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I feel horrible for Deshaun Watson. You know, news came out, uh, what, on, on this weekend or last week, saying Deshaun Watson met with the new coach, and 
David Cully, and he pretty much reiterated the fact that while he's happy that David Cully got the job, he has, still has no intentions on being on playing for the team. He still wants to be traded, and of course, he he has no intentions of coming back, which pretty much is indicating that what we've heard for the last week or so is one: the Texans aren't picking up calls. And they're pretty much adamant the fact that they are going to keep him. And all I hear from Deshaun Watson now is, look, you can give me if you want, but I'm not playing. I, I know I'll lose upwards of, what, 30 or yeah, thirty million or whatever it is, but I'll get it back on my next contract. I'll get it back with endorsements. I mean, I'm still young. It is what it is. And I just feel bad because you, you look at Deshaun Watson has done everything right for Houston. He has been quiet. He's or or when he has talked, you know, he's been the, you know, Houston this, Houston that. He's helped the city in 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 charitable work. You know, Deshaun Watson's done everything right. So the first time that you really look up. And the thing is, Deshaun Watson wasn't even he, you know, he didn't he didn't ask demand this trade for more money. He didn't demand a trade or he didn't ask for a trade because what uh, they traded his his the, one of the best wide receivers in the league and got back uh, a, a running back who has wasn't as productive as they thought he would be last year. They didn't add, he didn't demand a trade when they traded away his best de- offensive player for because his offensive player spoke out against the owner. They didn't they didn't act he didn't ask for a trade after you bring on Laramie Tunsil and pretty much give up all of your draft capital. He asked for a trade. And I've talked about this before, but I'm going to reiterate it again. He asked for a trade because as the management comes to you, and, and I understand that it's different from basketball and football, but when the management comes to you and asks and says, look, we want your input on something. We want your input on who should be the next coach, who should be the next GM. And I give you a list of, okay, here, I understand that you're the one that's going to make the final decision, but here's a list I'm going to give you. This is who I think you should consider. You don't even give them an interview. Then it's like, all right, then what was the point of even doing that? Like, I'm a, like, that. that's, no. So, and at that point, you top, you, you put that on top of the pot, the flame that I just, I just described. And it's like, there's no point in me staying. Houston has shown an ineptitude and has shown the inability to get it right. So why am I going to race my career, my youth, and playing for an organization that doesn't even have me and winning as their as their number one priority? It kind of goes back to what I talked about last episode with rebuild. At some point, you're going to have to climb out of the rebuild stage. You know, we talked about uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. We talked about the Washington Wizards. We talked about uh, the Orlando Magic. At some point, you're going to have to get out the – those teams have been in rebuild for so long. It's it's like at some point, you're going to have to realize, all right, we're doing something wrong or or what because – like, how long can you really rebuild? And then the good example is the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins were bad for a minute. Now they have the coach. Now they have the quarterback. As maybe. Now they have a great defense. Now they have a great offensive line. Now they have a good running back. It's like 
at some point you're going to have to get out the system. You're going to have to get out the merry-go-round of, of trash. And Houston has not shown the ability to do that. And you can, like I said, you can look at their moves. You let go of J.J. Watt, who is a staple on the city. You let go or you trade away Deshaun, Deshaun or DeAndre Hopkins, I'm sorry, because him and the coach, he, him and the coach is so, didn't see eye to eye. You trade away Dwayne Bow. You you get Laramie Tunsil, but then you give up like all your freaking draft picks. It's like it just doesn't make sense. So I feel bad for Deshaun Watson, but I respect that Deshaun Watson is like you know what? No, like at, at some point you're going to have to, you like like he said he tweeted you know you have to be loyal. I feel. He's being loyal to the fact that, look, I've been loyal to you guys for a minute. And the fact that you still treat me with disrespect and have shown that you can't you can't do anything for me. And I got no, I got a dip. I got a dip. I got a dip. I got to go. So, yeah, man, I, it's just another example of the misuse and the mistreatment of Deshaun Watson. Seeing as though if you when you look up and people are quality players are leaving Houston or getting traded from Houston and and being staples and and making huge impacts other places when all you're asking for is a trade and they're 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 not doing it I understand why they haven't traded them I mean it's like you get a you bring a new GM you bring a new head coach the last thing you want to do is trade a franchise player but I also understand the fact that the regime, the, the team has shown you can't win. Oh, I'm not going to say you can't win. The team has shown that they aren't able to get it right. So, hey, stand on that. Do what you got to do. Another person I feel bad for, and we'll, we'll, we'll move on a little bit, is Russell Wilson. And let's, let me, let me, let me, Russell Wilson had a big week last week. <laughs> uh, as we know, Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I would say top five. When healthy, when when everything is everything. I would say he's about top five. And kind of like Deshaun Watson, you haven't really heard much before before last week or before this season. You haven't really heard much about dis- Russell Wilson disliking a team or Russell Wilson upset about something. You haven't really heard much about it because Russell Wilson is a consummate pro. Russell Wilson is... Uh, a good he's a play he's a he's a team player you know but last week it came out that Russell Wilson is upset with the organization because they haven't been able to protect him I think through the first however many years of his career he is one of the most sacked quarterbacks ever and a lot of that, a lot of that is well, I'm not gonna say some of that is on Russell Wilson. Of course, when you're an elusive quarterback, when you're a mobile quarterback, a lot of times, you know, he he sometimes runs into sacks. I'm not gonna say that is all the offensive line's fault. Sometimes it is it is on Russell Wilson, and I think Russell Wilson understands that. But a lot of it is they have one of the worst offensive lines, or and it's not just this year they've had one of the worst offensive lines and one of the worst defenses since the legion of boom was disbanded so russell wilson comes out and says you know i'm not i i'm not i don't appreciate i don't like that i i'm continuously being sacked i don't like the amount of which i'm being sacked i don't like the the um, 
he didn't really say this, but he kind of said he doesn't like the fact that you haven't been able to put pieces around me to protect me. Uh, and that did not sit well with Seattle. Like, Seattle was upset. But Russell Wilson said everything that everyone else has said. They've had a tough time protecting him. They've had a tough time uh, building pieces around him. I understand you have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, but outside of that, and, and Chris Carson, even though he hasn't been able to stay healthy, but you haven't really put quality pieces around him. And this J.J. Watt move, uh, J.J. Watt going to Arizona, is – I also feel bad for Russell Wilson because, like I said, they have one of the worst, if not the worst, offensive line in the league. And now you got to go up against Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt and Isaiah Simmons and, of course, Patrick Peterson and 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 Bubba, 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 Bubba Baker. So I just – I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, it's It sucks for Russell Wilson. And he did come out – Russell Wilson did come out and say uh, – He's not requesting a trade. Like he wants to stay in stay in Seattle. However, if you do trade me, I only want to go to the Saints, the Cowboys, the Bears, or the Raiders. Now, why did he choose those teams? Let's start off with that. Why did he choose those teams? First and foremost, if you look at the Cowboys, if you look at the Bears, if you look at the Raiders, and you look at the Saints, those were the those were the least sacked quarterbacks, which is Drew Brees last year. Of course, we know about Dak, Dak Prescott, but uh, Mr. Biskey and Derek Carr. Also, those teams have multiple players that can help win. Like the Saints, you have Alvin Kamara, you have Michael Thomas, the Cowboys, you have C.D. Lamb, you have Amari Cooper, you have uh, Ezekiel Elliott. If you look at the Bears, you have Allen Robinson, but we'll see what, what, what happens with him. You have David Montgomery. And of course, the Raiders, you have uh, Wilder, you have um, Nelson Aguilar, you have Josh Jacobs. So those teams not only have an incredible offensive line, but they also have pieces that can help him win. And I think, like, imagine Russell Wilson getting going to the Saints. And you getting, of course, you have the offensive line, you have the pieces I just talked about, and you have a Sean Payton. Or imagine him going to the Bears with that offensive line and that defense, by the way. Imagine going to the Raiders and and having him with John Gruden. Like, I can see I, I can see it. And another report came out. Now, one thing that you have to understand is who would release these reports? These reports just don't the, the people just don't come up with this stuff. Because that would be against the law. Like you can get sued for that. These reports come from somewhere. And you have to understand, reports only come from two places. They come from the player team or the team. And when you hear a report that Russell Wilson and and uh, Pete Carroll were going have been going back and forth, and they don't really see eye to eye, that doesn't help. That doesn't benefit the team at all. Which means that this report had to have come from Russell Wilson's camp. I'm not saying it came exactly from Russell Wilson, but it came from Russell Wilson's camp. And why would this report come out? This report would come out because they started killing Russell. Not I'm not people were saying, you know, well, you know, why would Russell Wilson want to leave? And, you know, 
they, they were talking about the Super Bowl and they were talking about this, that, and the third. And you want to, as a player, you want to build as much leverage as possible. And you want to force the hands of the team. Because as we know, a team will trade you quickly. And we'll talk, we'll, we'll have a conversation about Alex Smith and the team in a second. But a team will always do what's best for the team. They don't, and and the last thing you want to look like is a disgruntled player, even though the team has done everything possible to help them. So what the player will do, and this is what James Harden did. This is what Deshaun Watson's doing. You, you don't don't think that all these uh, reports about Deshaun Watson's upset and Deshaun Watson has has a you know conf- or has a meeting with the new coach and still tells them that I'm not trying to play. Don't think that that's coming from Houston. Don't think that all those James Harden reports of you know James Harden is furious, James Harden is tired, James Harden is exhausted with Houston. Don't think those came from Houston because that doesn't help Houston at all. All these reports of Russell Wilson is tired of, of you know, t- Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll haven't seen eye to eye. They've once had to be separated or, the, or Russell Wilson has stormed out of a room. And P- Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll haven't seen eye to eye since the Super Bowl that they lost. Like, this is all Russell Wilson's camp. I'm not saying it's Russell Wilson, but it's all Russell Wilson's camp releasing that. So... I, I just, I just, you, you kind of look at the landscape of the league, look at the landscape of that division. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo comes back with the 49ers, as well as Nick Bosa. He comes back. You have, like we just talked about, Arizona. And of course, the Rams. Now, you still have that incredible defense with uh, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. And now you bring on Matthew Stafford, who a lot of people, including myself, think are better or is better than Jared Goff. So every team every team around you is getting better and you're over here like <laughs> you look up, your offensive line's still trash, your defense isn't still good. I mean, you still have Jamal Adams, but your defense isn't that great. And it's like when you're one of the top when you're one of the top quarterbacks in the league, you don't want to get left behind. You don't want your team to, you don't want to look up one day and realize that, like I said, this this and and this is this is the biggest difference between basketball and football. Football, you can be an incredible player. You can be a Russell Wilson. You can be a Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You can be a Tom Brady. You can be a Patrick Mahomes. You can be a Ezekiel Elliott. You can be an incredible player. But if the team around you is not good. You're always going to be hampered. Look at Aaron. We've talked about Aaron Rodgers being one of the greatest quarterbacks ever as far as a talent. Yet and still, he, there's, there's a reason why he's only been to one Super Bowl. I'm not saying it's all everyone else's fault, but a lot of the reason is he hasn't had the defense. He hasn't had weapons. Like, there's been a lot of reasons why Aaron Rodgers has not been to the Super Bowl, and a lot of those reasons is not Aaron Rodgers. Look at, that's why we talk about, the the Patriots in the system, even though a lot of it was Tom Brady, you still had one of the best defenses almost every year. When you and and Russell Wilson is just tired of seeing everyone else around him get better, and the team is still resting on their laurels, which 
What are their laurels? Like, you have Russell Wilson and DK, and that's it. And if you haven't really want to have a serious conversation about DK, I understand he's young, but he drops too many passes. He drops too many slant passes at that. So it's like you're seeing you're seeing the team not get better, but everyone else around you gets better. I would be tired too. Now, do I think that Russell Wilson would get traded? No. Do I think that this, the Seahawks can turn it around? I do. Do I think Pete Carroll is a bad coach? No, I don't. But I do think that there is something to be said when your star quarterback or star player and your head coach don't see eye to eye anymore. And it's like, at some you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to rest on Pete Carroll's laurels? Which, I mean, what, what can you really say about Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll is a good coach. He's a great coach. But he's won everywhere he's had. An, an incredible player or an incredible unit. If you look, you know, he he won when he had the Legion of Boom and you had Marshawn Lynch and, of course, Russell Wilson. In college, he won with, what, USC. And we know who played, we know Reggie Bush and who played for USC. So it's like major changes are going to have to happen in Seattle. I'm not saying that it will because as we've seen, there's some teams and some owners that just don't make the changes. But major changes are going to have to be made. You're seeing you're seeing moves like J.J. Watt come to Arizona. Or you're seeing moves like uh, Matthew Stafford coming to L.A. And then what, what, what moves have we heard? The only thing we've heard this all the season about uh, Seattle is Russell Wilson's upset. That's it. I haven't. Oh, and DK Metcalf's. Oh, and of course they changed their offensive coordinator. And DK Metcalf's talking about they they figured this out. Like, make some moves, man. Make some moves. But moving uh, moving forward. So, we just talked about a team is going to do whatever the the team is always going to protect the team over everything. The team is always going to put the team first because. Play, team the te- team see players as dispensable, especially in the NFL. You know, you, you look at some players, you think they'll be here for years to come, and then they end up like a Josh Gordon situation. I wish Josh nothing but the best. I heard he's gonna play at the fan controlled league. Ah, man, it, it sucks to it sucks to suck, but it is what it's. Um, but last week, a snippet of an interview came out from Alex Smith saying that Washington didn't want him. Uh, Washington did not want him to play again. Of course, we know about the gruesome injury or leg injury and the road to recovery that it happened or that, that he had to take to get back to where he was. But he pretty much, Alex Smith pretty much said that Washington didn't want him. And he threw a wrench in their rebuild. Now, you also have to look you had Kyle Allen who got hurt, and then we know what happened to Dwayne Haskins. But, yeah, it kind of threw a winch in, into their development. And now a report came out, what, yesterday, saying that the Washington football team is going to cut Alex Smith. This is the same Alex Smith that just won Comeback Player of the Year, of course. But you have to look at this on two, two sides of the coin, right? If you look into... If you're looking at this as a fan 
or as a as a lover in sports or whatever, you feel bad for Alex Smith, but then you also feel good. You feel good because hey, just what a year ago, Alex Smith, no one thought he was ever going to play again, and not only does he play again, he leads Washington to a, a playoff berth, and uh. Alex Smith beat the odds. And while you feel good for the player, it sucks that, you know, he's getting cut and everything. But there's also optimism that he can continue to play if he wants. In fact, you don't cut a player if he didn't come to you and say, I'm trying to play again. I'm, I'm not trying to play again. You'll just you'll just let him retire. So that he's obviously had a conversation with Washington saying he wants to continue to play. On the flip side of that coin, you have to look at it through the organization's eyes. Let's look at some quarterbacks. That first of all, let's have a let's even though it sucks. I don't like having this conversation. Let's have it. I'm so happy that Alex Smith was able to come back. But let's be real here. Last year, Washington had one of the worst offenses in the league. A lot of it was because, you know, they didn't have, I mean, you have Terry McLaurin, you have Antonio Gibson, but a lot of it was due to the quarterback play. And most of the games, Alex Smith started. Now, Alex Smith, Beat the odds. I'm going to I'm going to continue to say that because I didn't expect him to ever play again. I'm sure a lot of people in his family didn't expect him to play again, and clearly Washington didn't didn't expect him to play again. But Alex Smith, seeing as though he hasn't played in a couple years due to the injury, he looks slow on his releases. He missed a lot of wide open targets. He was one of the he he had a high turnover to interception ratio and while yes he was a bright spot for Washington he also didn't he also wasn't that bright of a spot and when you have players like Antonio Gibson when you have players well Logan Thomas uh was was big down the stretch when you have Antonio Gibson you need a better, and especially, especially when you don't have the necessary weapons that can be number ones or number twos, you need a quarterback that can be a little more accurate and a little more, have a little more zip on the ball than Alex Smith. And especially, I understand, they'd be like, well, Jay, you have Tyler, Tyler Heineke. You, look, <laughs> You you start Tyler Heineke for an entire season. The same Tyler Heineke who is a backup quarterback for the XFL and just a few months prior to playing was in college taking online courses. So you have Tyler Heineke start for you a whole season. Or 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 you can have him be a backup, which I think he is. I think he's a very, I, I, I do like, you know, I will give him props. And I do, th- you know, shouts out for, for what he did in the playoffs against uh, 
Tom Brady. But when you look at Alex, let's let's just do this. Was Alex Smith that much better than I don't know Cam Newton last year? The numbers say maybe, but you also got to realize offensively, Alex Smith had more around him than Cam Newton. I know it's crazy to say, but Alex Smith had more around him than Cam Newton. Is Alex Smith at this point in his career better than a Jameis Winston? Is he better than a Derek Carr? And I'm, you know, he's he's clearly been on the market for trades. Is he better than a Derek Carr right now in his career? In fact, if you really think about it, Alex Smith, I'm not gonna bash Alex Smith. I feel bad having this conversation, but it's a conversation that needs to be had. You know what I mean? Like Alex Smith is not a starting quarterback. And the last thing you want to do is pay a backup quarterback starter. First of all, the problem with Washington is they had a they had a a carousel of backup quarterbacks. Not one of them. They thought Dwayne Haskins was going to be a starter. He turned out not to be. They paid Kyle Allen like he's a starter. Everyone in a mama outside of Ron Rivera in Washington knew he wasn't a starter. You had Alex Smith, who we didn't he couldn't even walk three years ago. Uh you pay you he was a starter. And you have Tyler Heineke, who was taking classes at DeVry the other day. And he you he, you look. I love I love Alex Smith, man. <laughs> I love the comeback, but I'll say this. I'll say this. If Alex Smith I don't know. I I I understand for the first time I would defend Washington. I understand why you would cut him. Seeing as though if you're just looking as a player, he hasn't produced like a starter should. And, I, you know, I, it definitely sucks to say, but at some point, you know, especially when you're looking at the, you know, you're looking at th- there's not a lot of talent on the, you know, in free agency or you don't really have the pieces to make a trade. And when you have a defense that good, you need your offense needs to be at least close to the defense to be to be viable for the playoffs or a playoff win. And if you really look at all if you look at Washington, their defense is 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 their defense can win you a championship, can win you a Super Bowl. Their defense is one of the top five defenses in the league. But when you look at their offense, even with uh, Antonio Gibson, even with a Terry McLaurin, their offense is one of the worst in the league, and it doesn't help when Alex Smith is the driver of that offense. So I really hope, you know, I, I've heard that I think ownership is thinking about bringing Alex Smith if he still wants to do that after the GQ interview, bring on Alex Smith. And if, if Alex Smith gets goes to another team, I, you know, I hope if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. But, you know, we, if you really want to have a serious conversation about Alex Smith, he hasn't been a starter. He last year, he was he he didn't propel Washington to great heights. While he was the best quarterback that we put out there, that doesn't mean he was the best quarterback. Hell, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pile on. I'm just saying, 
Shouts out to Alex Smith. I I would hope he lands on his feet, and I hope if if you're Washington, you got to get it right, bro. You I'm not saying Cam Newton will bring all your will will solve all your problems, but if you if you trick all right, this is another thing, and and here's where I'll I'll cape for Alex Smith. If you're Washington, you you have to you're cutting you have to cut Alex Smith if you know that you have a a grandioso move coming. And I'm not saying I know you're not getting a, a a Russell Wilson. I know you're not getting a Patrick Mahomes. But don't cut Alex Smith and then bring on Mike Glennon. Like don't cut Alex Smith and bring on a Jared Stidham. Like, if you're cutting Alex Smith, you also have to understand what's coming next year. Tyler, while Tyler Heineke is cool, I don't see him a starter for the entire season. So if you're not bringing a Jameis Winston, if you're not bringing a a Cam Newton, if you're not bringing a Sam Darnold, then what? Then then what's the point of cutting him? I guess we just have to wait and see. We just have to wait and see. Uh, shouts out to Alex Smith, though. I know, <laughs> I know, I pretty much just bashed him for 10, 15 minutes, but I'm glad he can walk again, man. And and I'm definitely happy for him because I think you know, as we've seen, he can beat the odds. Uh, so yeah, man. Shouts out to Alex. Moving forward, let's talk about some basketball. Let's talk about some basketball. So the trade deadline is approaching and there's a lot of players that are free. You know, there's a lot of players that have been talked about getting or talked about or in trades. There's a lot of players that may not see eye to eye with the organization. There's a lot of players sitting at home right now. And what I want to do is I wanted to have trade deadline moves that need to happen. Now, do I think they will ha- all of these will happen? Of course not. If all these happen, call me for the lottery. <laughs> I don't see a lot I don't see all these happening, but I think they should happen. Not only will they be better for the player, but they'd be better for the team. Let's let's start with one. What's one thing that the Clippers need? The Clippers have Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers have Paul George. And all we've heard is the Clippers need a point guard. The Clippers need a point guard. I understand you have Patrick Beverly, but you need a player that is a a pure point guard. We saw we you know especially in the off season we heard about Rondo. We heard uh you know they 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 made a push at Rondo and of course he ended up in Atlanta, but they need a pure point guard. So I think they need to target Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, while he's not the greatest shooter, his his shooting has improved, but he is a great passer and he is a solid def- he's a he's a decent defender. And of course you'll still have Patrick Beverly, but I think Lonzo Ball would fit like a glove. Not to mention when you have a lot of offensive players and and two great T-way players in Kawhi and Paul George, I think that you need a a a, a a point guard who isn't really going to look for a shot, but that can get others involved. And I think Lonzo Ball, the Clippers should go for Lon- or Lonzo Ball should go to the Clippers. So that's one move. Of course, uh, another move that we've heard and, and I think should and may probably will happen is Andre Drummond going to Brooklyn. 
Brooklyn, I mean, Brooklyn has a plethora of offense. You have KD, you have James Harden, you have Kyrie. But what is their biggest problem? There is defense. And they can't defend a soul. And rim protection is, is also the, uh, a huge problem. Of course, we've, we, okay, we clearly see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, DeAndre Jordan is not a def, de, uh, rim protector. And I think you want to bring on a person like Andre Drummond who can not only give you paint points, but can protect the rim. And seeing that he was bought out for, or more than likely he's headed out, he's headed for the buyout market from Cleveland, I think that he'll be a big pickup for Brooklyn. Now, of course, I understand some of these players aren't, you know, aren't aren't available or may not be available. I understand some of these players may not be traded. I understand some of these players may not even be on the team right now. And I understand some of these players are probably headed for buyout. But hey, this is my podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> let me do let me do me. Let me do me. Moving forward. Blake Griffin. Now where have we seen Blake Griffin thrive when he's played alongside a quality point guard, which is Chris Paul? Now, do I think that Blake Griffin should go back, should go to Phoenix and, and, and join Chris Paul? No, I do not. But I do think Blake Griffin would be great in Dallas with uh, Christos Porzingis, well, no, with Luka Doncic. I think Luka Doncic's ability, passing ability, along with his offense, would and, and and it kind of takes away or takes some of the offensive load off of Blake Griffin. I think Blake Griffin will thrive with with Luca, seeing as though Luca can also stretch the floor and he can kill you from three and kill you anywhere pretty much. But I think Dallas should go for Blake Griffin. Not to mention, and Blake Griffin is he's he's improved as a shooter. He's still a high flyer, even though he hasn't he hasn't dunked in like a year and a half or two years or something like that. I think that that look that up. He hasn't dunked in like a year and a half, which I think is crazy. But you know, playing alongside Luca, those pick and rolls could be dangerous. So I think Dallas should go for 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 Blake Griffin. And if Dallas goes for Blake Griffin, I think Kristaps Porzingis should go to Boston. One thing Boston does not have is a center. You, I'm not trusting Tristan Thompson as a starting center. Now, you can look at Christoph Persingas and say, wait a second, injury history, I understand that. But when you have a Jason Tatum, when you have a Jalen Brown, a lot of the scoring onus is not going to be on Christophs. And I think, you know, I, I think he could be a piece that Boston needs to propel themselves to greatness. So another person, let's just stay with Boston for a little bit. Another person that should go to Boston is Victor Oladipo. Like I said, outside of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you don't really have many pieces that many scoring pieces. And, and, and for the fanboys, I understand. What about Kimball Walker? Well, look, Kimball Walker struggled this entire year. He's had some flashes and of course, he still has time to turn it around. But Kimball Walker ain't been the the savior that everyone thought he thought he would be. So you have Kimball Walker with Victor Oladipo and Jalen Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and maybe Kristaps Porzingis. That is a team that can get you to the championship. I don't know if it'll win it, but that is a team that can get you to the championship. Make the move, Boston. I, look, hey yo, pick that up. Go pick that gym up. 
I'm dropping gems for y'all, okay? As as Joe Budden would say, go pick that up. I'm dropping gems. Boston, go get Kristaps Porzingis. You might have to trade. You might have to look. You might have to trade away Kimball Walker. I get that. But that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is do that. Go get Victor Oladipo. You might. I'm sure you're not going to be able to trade Kimball Walker to Houston because they already got uh, John Wall, but go get Victor. They already don't want him on the team, apparently. Go get him. Let's move on. Golden State. Let's let me help Golden State out. Let me let me help Golden State. And let me help this one player who a lot of people forgot he's still even playing. And that's Kevin Love. I've said this. This this has been talked about for God for probably two to three years now. Kevin Love would fit perfectly with Golden State. Not only does he doesn't he's not a he's not a he he doesn't really create like like Draymond. He doesn't he, he's you know what he is? He's pretty much a big man's Clay Thompson. He'll kill you from 3 and he's he's great rebounding. Clay Thompson's great defending and that's while you still have James Wiseman who's young. You still have Andrew Wiggins, you still have Kelly Ob uh Kelly oh yeah, Kelly Obrey. Bring on a Kevin Love. That's just and as we've seen Outside of Stephen Curry this year, especially with Klay Thompson being out, Golden State really doesn't have a reliable second shooter. I think their best second shooter is Damian Lee. And I think he's only on the team because he's married Steph's sister. So it is what it is. But, and, and don't get me wrong, shouts out to you, Damian Lee. You're, you're, you're still a good player. Um, but yeah, Kevin Love. Golden State, y'all got to come together. Make make it happen. Make it happen. Washington, let me help. Let me help out Washington. I understand. Wait, but Washington, so you're only saying Washington because that's where you're from. I, okay. And this is the Unpopular Podcast with Jalen Hunter. This isn't the Unpopular Podcast with you. If you, you know, if you don't like it, leave it in the comments. I appreciate you. I really do. I love you guys. But Washington... What is their two biggest problems? Outside of Bradley Bill and I guess Russell Westbrook, they don't really have a reliable third score and they can't defend a parked car. So what do you do? You go get a third option score and you go get a defensive player. Who is somebody that is just lurking out there? We've heard that they might be unhappy with the team and the team may want them gone. P.J. Tucker. You bring P.J. Tucker on, who's also a three-point shooter and a, and a great defensive player, and you see if you look at the defensive shares between when he's on the floor for Houston and when he's off, it's huge. Bring on P.J. Tucker. And who else do you bring on, Washington? Hey, hey, hey. I haven't, I'm not done dropping gems. Don't, don't pick them up just yet. You bring on Aaron Gordon. Now, Aaron Gordon might be a lot. He, he might be a lot. Don't get me wrong. But you have, a, I'm sure you're going to be drafting pretty high. So you give them this year, maybe next year's draft picks. Maybe give them, I don't know, Rui Hachimura or something. Uh, and you got yourself a, a team that has Russell Wilsbrook, Bradley Bill, Aaron Gordon, and P.J. Tucker. That is a team right there. I don't think, I mean, that team will definitely get you the playoffs, to say that. And you're, you're trying to sweeten the pot for uh, Bradley Bill to want to stay. Hey, hey, go go for him. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, Washington. Hey, 
I know I'm not a GM, but pick them gems up, all right? That's all I'm saying. Lakers. I'll, I'll help. I'll help the defending champions. Lakers. What the Lakers struggle with shooting yet again? The Lakers can't shoot a thing. Their best shooter is LeBron James. That is a problem. Go get JJ Redick. You get J.J. Redick, it's not someone that's going to dominate the ball. It's not someone that really needs to dribble the ball a lot. Get J.J. Redick now that you have, you can play him alongside Dennis Schroeder, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. That is a, hey, that if that's not a 2P, I don't know what is. J.J. Redick is one of the best three-point shooters in the league and has been since he got into the league. Get J.J. And lastly... I know you see him on the back. You see him if you're watching uh, the YouTube. You see him. Let let me let me talk about Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan. He's been in trade talks since he got to San Antonio, and I don't I don't I know I understand that you're not getting Kawhi Leonard, you're not getting Tim Duncan, you're not getting Manu, you're not getting Prime Manu or Prime. Tony Parker, but De- DeMar DeRozan is still a quality offensive player, and even still, his name is in trade talks. So let me help you, DeMar. Let me, hey, hey, I got you, bro. Hey, I got you, bro. DeMar DeRozan, go to Indiana. Indiana has incredible young pieces. You have Sabonis. You have Malcolm Brogdon. You have uh, the Holiday Brothers, or two of the Holiday Brothers. You have Miles Turner. But one thing that they don't have really is a player, uh, an all-star caliber player that can put the ball on the ground and get their own points. You, I'm say this: if Demar Derozan was on this, like this, if Demar Derozan was on Indiana with the with the pieces they have, Indiana can be is good enough to make at least the Eastern Conference Finals. I would put them in the in the, you know, Bucks, uh Brooklyn, Philly. I would put them in that bunch because you have a dominant big man in in Sabonis. You have a really a quality point guard in Malcolm Brogdon. And then you'll have a, a person that create his own shot constantly and that is DeMar that would be DeMar DeRozan. So that's all I'm saying. I understand that a lot of those, a lot of those moves, what might probably won't happen. Some of them could. Who, hey, who knows? I'm just saying. I'm, I'm trying to help the player in the team. Like, like I'm trying to help y'all. All right. <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's move on. So Roy Williams uh, became the fifth men's coach to win nine, reach 900 wins on Saturday when they they beat uh, Florida State, and he joins. Mike Krzyzewski, uh Jim Beheim, Jim Calhoun from UConn, and uh, Bob Knight, coach to reach 900 wins. Shouts out to you. Everyone knows I'm a big North Carolina fan. That's probably my favorite sports team. But, uh, yeah, man, you got – of course, I'm going to shout him out because he's North Carolina. But you also have to shout out I, – I, I haven't. I've I've gone. I've debated this in my head for years now. As what is what is it harder to coach? Is it harder to coach NBA or is it hard? Let me say it's harder to coach pro pro sports or collegiate sports. And one reason I understand that is it's tough telling someone what to do, and that someone you're telling what to do makes more money than you. Like 
I can't, it's it's tough for me to see a coach tell Patrick Mahomes, hey, yo, yo, can't be doing that. Like, bro, I make $500 million, bro. You tripping. Not saying that's Patrick Mahomes. I'm just saying I can understand how that would be tough. But I also understand how it be, I also understand how it would be tough as a collegiate coach, seeing as though every year you're starting five, unless you're like Gonzaga or something, changes every year. Your best player more than likely is gone the next year. So you have to create a new scheme every year, a new a new system. You have to incorporate new players, not to mention the whole recruiting uh aspect you have to go to people's homes you have to talk you have to butter up the parents you have to tell them hey i'm gonna make your kid a a star even though you look at it i mean it is what it is but yeah man i don't know but i will say congratulations roy williams for uh reaching 900 wins and being the fastest coach to do that in d1 history so shouts out to you man shouts out to you go heels Moving forward. So a scary story uh, that happened last week was Tiger Woods getting got into a car crash. Uh, it was like a single car um, car crash, and I think he like broke an ankle or something, or broke broke some bones and ankles or whatever it is. But I, it was scary, you know. And especially we know the history with Tiger Woods. Now, now, luckily, I'm I'm not going to be the one to spew that sh- that, that stuff out. It wasn't, there was no alcohol. It was just, he just lost control of the car. Uh, he's in well spirits. I know his his team uh, released a uh, statement saying he's in good spirits. He came out of surgery. He's straight now. Uh, and we saw, you know, a lot of fellow golfers that were on the, were, were in the, the major. On Sunday, we know Tiger Woods for wearing red. You know, it's Tiger Sunday because he's so dominant that he pretty much knows he's going to win. And his signature was to wear red on Sunday. And we saw a lot of his fellow golfers. You know, we saw Roy McIlroy and we saw a lot of the golfers that golf (laughs) wear red on Sunday. I'm not here to just talk about um, the crash because, I mean, you can just look it up and see what it is. One thing that that crash kind of made me sit back and think because it was scary you know what i mean you, you you hear tiger woods in a single car crash you didn't really hear much uh as in how he's doing for a couple hours it really made me sit back and and want to give him his flowers unfortunately it, it it made you know it was prompted by a car crash but and i'm glad he's still here but a lot of people you know we we want to joke around and talk about, uh, you know, the the cheating, and joke about the the DUI and and this that, and a third. But let's really give Tiger Woods his respect. Tiger Woods is an African, well, is a black Asian golfer who completely revolutionized and changed the sport of golf. Think of it like this. I don't think golf would be as, in fact, <laughs> I know golf would not be as big as it is today if it wasn't for Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is one of those people that, it's like this. You can be at home. No, you can be out with your friends. 
you can be you can be at home with your girl cuddled up watching Tom and Jerry or whatever. <laughs> you can be cooking dinner. And you get a text on your phone. You get a text saying, yo, Steph Curry is on fire. You're going to be like, oh, shoot, what's going on? Let me go see that. You get a text saying, yo, Patrick Mahomes has three touchdowns in the first quarter. Oh, shoot, let me go see that because you want to witness greatness. And you know that you at any given point, you're going to see greatness from these players. That's how big Tiger Woods is. If you get a text saying, yo, Tiger Woods is leading going into Sunday, he's like, oh, sh- hell, I don't watch golf. <laughs> like, I, I'm not a golf fan. Like, I don't watch golf. But I do know this. If Tiger Woods is in any way, shape, or form in contention to win going into Sunday, I'm watching it. And I'm not, I'm not alone in that. Tiger Woods revolutionized the game of golf to the fact that, it's kind of like this. You know how we talk about the NFL is a shield. The play, uh, NBA is a player's league. And when you think of the NBA, probably the first thing you think of is maybe LeBron, uh, Steph Curry. Uh, when you think of N- NFL, the first thing you think of is a team, pretty much maybe like the Kansas City Chiefs. Then you might think of, um, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes or something. When you think of golf, the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and maybe eighth thing you think of is Tiger Woods. And the fact that he's a African, he's a black Asian American is is crazy, especially in a sport that is predominantly dominated by whites. And I don't know if you watched, um, I don't know for people that's listening. I don't know if you watched the Tiger Woods doc, but the Masters wasn't always welcoming to uh, black people. And the fact that a black man changed the sport forever is wild to me. So I'm not here to dwell on it any much longer. Uh, All I'm saying is I'm glad Tiger Woods is okay. I'm dead. I'm glad Tiger Woods is safe. If he never golfs again, because he is he is a little up there in age, and Father Time is undefeated. Even if they, you know, even if it comes later than others, I'm looking at you, Tom Brady. Even if Tiger Woods never touches a golf ball again or never plays in another Masters again, Tiger Woods will go down. Should go down. As one of the greatest, most influential athletes sports have ever seen. Not just golf. Sports have ever seen. I'm not saying he was the greatest golfer, because I don't I, I didn't watch Honor Palmer. Like I didn't I, I didn't watch Phil Mickle. I didn't I didn't yeah. But I will say this. Tiger Woods revolutionized and changed the way that we watch golf he made black people care about golf and i'm not saying he's he's the only reason but he's a he's a major reason i'm sure um i used to talk to his girl and she said tiger woods was huge in her family right she said a lot of the reasons why her family liked golf so much because she was she was a golf head for some reason (laughs) and black 
It was because of Tiger. And I'm almost sure that that story can be told in millions upon millions of households. So, like I said, shouts out to you, Tiger Woods. I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're safe. I don't care if you never touch another golf ball again. You are one of the greatest, most influential athletes of all time. Shouts out to you. Moving forward. Uh, spring spring baseball is is back and began what yesterday or two days ago. Um, I, I know it's early, but I don't really see. I don't. I, it's kind of hard for me to see anybody beating a team like the the Dodgers when you get you have Mookie, you have Turner, uh, and you bring on uh, the Cy Young winner. Like I don't. I don't. I don't see many people beating them. Uh, we always have the Yankees up there, but I mean, for some reason, their pitching is god awful all the time towards the end, and they they forget how to hit even if you have uh, Goncarlo Stanton or even if you have Aaron Judge. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I would love to say the I would love to say um the Washington Nationals can can find magic in a bottle again, but I don't I don't really see it. I don't I don't really know. You know, this year, more than any other year, you have a lot of great players uh, and you have maybe a couple great teams Uh, like the Padres, I think, are going to be pretty good. Um, I can see the 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 Reds maybe being good. I can see Cleveland. No, Cleveland's Cleveland's going to be pretty bad. (laughs) I don't see Cleveland doing much of anything. So, yeah, it's, it's it's like. You're really starting to see this year. There's a lot of Mike Trouts. I'm not saying talent-wise. There's a lot of great players on mediocre teams, but then there's only a couple great teams, and I think those great teams will stand above the rest early and fast. So, shouts out to all my, you know, uh, baseball lovers. Um, Moving forward, and and my final topic is, is, is... March and March is uh, National Women's Month, but I'm gonna say, but I want to shout out to all the incredible women out there. The without women, there would be no men, and I I like to think that women is probably the greatest creation God's ever created, um, and one of the most important creations He's ever created. So shouts out to women, and it's good that I wanted to end this on Renee Montgomery. Now, Renee Renee Montgomery uh, was part of a three-member investment group that bought the Atlanta Dream. The Atlanta Dream is a WNBA team. Renee Montgomery is a former player that played for Atlanta Dreams. And it was was previously owned by Kelly Lawfer, who is is a huge Trump supporter, I'm not going to call the races, but I'm, you know, if the shoe fits, <laughs> but this is huge. This is huge. Not just for women, not just for, um, you know, Renee Montgomery, but this is huge for players and it's huge for African-Americans seeing as though, you know, Renee, Renee Montgomery was, she was one of the players that were really that, that like put them put their careers on the line for social justice, especially when you saw all the protest 
uh, in two, in 2020. She was like front and center with that. You know, shouts out to her. Shouts out to and I'm not gonna say all of them, but there's a lot. But shouts out to Natasha Cloud. Shouts out to Jalen Brown. Malcolm Brogdon was out there. Um, a lot of players were front and center. Uh, Kyrie Irving was definitely big in that, and she Renee retired, and she's still young. I was just like, damn, man. But she retired because she said her fight is bigger than the WNBA. So I'm just like, all right, well, uh, kudos to you. But the fact that she was is now part owner of the Atlanta Dream, one, she's an African-American woman. Two, she's a former player. And we know the stereotypes about former players. It's like either you are dumb and you're going to blow your money or you're going to end up as a commentator on like ESPN or something. So the fact that she was able to subvert that and and now is a part owner, you know, major kudos to her and major kudos for some African American like some, uh, black owning the Atlanta Dream, a team that is in a majority African American city, a majority black city. So, shout out to Renee or Renee Montgomery, and shout out to all the owners now of the Atlanta Dream. It definitely is huge for not only women, but it's huge for African-Americans and it's huge for sports in general. So there you have it. I appreciate you guys for being here. I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for watching. Um, Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. It will definitely mean a lot to me. If you want some unpopular podcast merch, the link is in the description below. I have a lot of shirts, hoodies, sweaters, sweaters. joggers you know whatever you want it's there just it's in the link in the description below but i appreciate you guys i love you guys i hope you have a prosperous week uh there are some changes that's going to be coming with the podcast so stay tuned for that good changes good changes but again love you guys please subscribe and have a great week and until next time much love i see the strangest things the evil that money brings I swear it's like a disease that goes round and round and round like sirens and they wanna bury me why cause I'm anti-everything I swear it's like a disease that goes round and round and round like sirens Money, pussy, alcohol. You niggas, pussy, after all. Money, pussy, alcohol. You niggas, pussy, not at all. in the club that wasn't ours we compete poor minds are poor decision makers 
No reward, then what's the risk you taking? New bitch, I've been fucking, might start a rap war. Won't unveil it yet, can't tell it yet. Defense wins games, Bill Belichick. These hoes having Google numbers, niggas better check. Yeah. Money, pussy, alcohol. You niggas pussy after all. Money, pussy, alcohol. You niggas pussy at it all. Shout out my bitches fucking baseball niggas that dress like Bammers with guaranteed contracts. Yeah, I see your vision. Sick of prison visits. Now the major leagues where you're fishing. You young and hot, so why not? The dealers is washed, the money is dry, so take your best shot. We can't judge you cause we ain't hug you. We sent you off the other hoods and let them niggas fuck you. For real. We made you watch from afar. Even talk down on you trying to dim your star. Until we seen them foreign cars pull up and watch them pick you up. And then we realized we missed a diamond in the rough. So make us proud, make it count. Until you learn to love them, make them spare no amount. Make them dig deep but it keep you. Knowing you deserve it. Take advantage of it when you're worth it. Real bitch is worth it. Money, pussy, alcohol. You niggas pussy after all. Money, pussy, alcohol. You niggas pussy at it all. All you real niggas I done seen more won't than you will niggas Take a swing Snatch your chain Lose your mind Go insane I'm in the club, you in the club too I got money, you got money too You think it's honeydew Whispering in my ear like a honeydew Eyeballing every bottle that we running through Trying to stand near Nigga damn near Pushing bitches out the way to Instagram here It's no pictures, now you in your feelings I'm a real Dope boy, no stranger dealings. Uh, bruised ego, Henny induced Debo's, nickel bag niggas. All of a sudden, he knows. I cancel all of you G monies for G money. I get it done for quarter key money, for real. Money, pussy, alcohol. You niggas, pussy after all. Money, pussy, alcohol. You niggas, pussy at it all. Wait up, yeah, yeah. Wait up, yeah, yeah. I lay up, yeah. Get in them drugs.